Welcome to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. I'm Josh Elledge, founder and CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. We turn entrepreneurs into media celebrities, grow their authority, and help them build partnerships with top influencers. We believe that every person has a unique message that can positively impact the world. Stick around to the end of the show, where I'll reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing daily inspiration podcasts on the planet in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. And with us right now, we've got Betty Tufriello. Betty, thank you so much for joining me. You are, you started, you've got intellectual law offices in New York. You do a lot of work with patent and trademark law. You're my go-to person. <laughs> uh, anytime I have questions about copyrights, patents, trademarks, uh, you know, I, I really, uh, you, you know your stuff. And, um, and so we're going to talk about trademark smarts. Um, and, and I really hope someone's listening to us right now. Um, you take some decided action based on what I know Betty's going to talk about. Uh, because uh, if, if you aren't as a business owner protecting your, uh, your, stuff like your brand your 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 things that your patents and that sort of thing you can really get yourself in trouble and there's some horror stories out there aren't there betty yes there are quite a few well so explain uh, just kind of where kind of your approach uh to patent and trademark law and i also again i think it's why i wanted to bring you on is that it's kind of confusing if, and I'll just speak from a business owner perspective. Um, like I can do a Google search right now and I'll see these offers for like $99 trademark searches. And Betty, you and I have talked about that. And there, there's a huge difference between, um, you know, doing a, a cursory search and actually doing something that legally is going to protect you. And that's where I'm going to hand it off to you, my friend. <laughs> Okay, so uh, just as, uh, as by way of backgrounds, patents, trademarks, copyrights, privacy, publicity rights, and trade secrets all fall under the umbrella of intellectual property in the United States. Patents completely protect something that's unrelated to trademarks. Patents are basically inventions, uh, inventions that are directed to machines, mechanical devices, compositions of matter, and processes. Trademarks, on the other hand, are are so different from patents. I happen to love trademarks. I love trademarks compared to patents for many reasons, both in the manner that they're litigated in court. It's much easier, in my opinion, to enforce a trademark or defend a trademark in court. Um, and they're very, very different in terms of what they protect. Trademarks, you know, just as a, as a question, Josh, what do you think a trademark is? Well, so a trademark, uh, you know, I don't know. So copyright obviously would be more creative uh, content, intellectual property. A patent would be like a thing, like an invention that that you've created. And trademark is, uh, I, I guess it's kind of in between. I, I, I probably should know a little bit better. <laughs> I think intuitively everybody knows what a trademark is. A trademark is a source identifier. A trademark could be anything that can function as an identifier of the company that provides a service or the goods. When the consumer sees the trademark on goods 
or the trademark on services, the consumer immediately knows the company from which those goods or services uh, come from. So if you see, for example, a swoosh, you automatically know it's Nike, right? Mm-hmm. You see that swoosh, you see it on shoes, you see it on T-shirts, you see it on jackets, you see it on, on sweatpants. You have come to expect a certain level of performance and quality on the part of the Nike products. And the next time you go out shopping looking for some athletic wear, the minute you see the swoosh, you immediately know that that product is going to that will perform in exactly the way you expect it to perform, and therefore you make a decision to purchase it. So a trademark is really a short, a shorthand version of helping consumers identify the source of the goods or services in connection with which they're being used. If you're a new company and you are getting ready to sell goods, to sell goods or to sell a service, provide a service to the consumer, you need to start thinking how you're going to differentiate yourself from your competitor, your competitors. You need to do that. You need to be able to immediately, especially in today's age, you need to immediately be able to help the consumer identify your company as the source of the goods and services, and then make a commercial decision, make a decision to purchase your goods or services. So to that end, to to differentiating yourself and helping consumers identify you as the source of the goods and making a decision to purchase your goods and services, you need to have a good trademark, a good source identifier. Um, And it could be anything. It could be a color. It could be a jingle. It could be a shape. It could be a logo. It could be a name. It could be anything. Apple for computers. Tommy Hilfiger for clothes. The color brown for UPS. Perfumes. Mm. You know, Estee Lauder, you can smell the perfume in in a department store and you know that's coming from Estee Lauder. Wow. Uh, Well, you could. I I wouldn't know the difference. (laughs) (laughs) So, so... Um, that's a trademark. Now, yeah. a, a trademark is really interesting because the trade, trademarks, unlike patent and copyrights, they belong both to the state and the federal government. So in the case of patents and copyrights, they're regulated and controlled strictly by the federal government. Trademarks, on the other hand, because they are common law in nature, in other words, their source, their power, their, their uh, ability to be protected uh, lies both in the states and the federal government. So when you pick a trademark, the very first thing that you're charged is searching it. You really yeah. need to search it. And, and what you really need to start thinking about when you're searching a trademark is not just whether it looks the same, sounds the same, or conveys yeah. the same commercial impression, but rather you need to put yourself in the shoes of the consumer who will see your product or your service with your trademark in commerce on the shelf on a website who will see it and needs and needs to know exactly where that product or service is coming from your objective in picking a trademark is to make sure that the trademark you pick is not confusingly similar to any other trademark out there yeah that's a huge burden in the United States Patent and Trademark Office, there is a 13-factor test that the trademark office examiners will use to determine whether the trademark you're trying to register is confusingly similar to somebody else's. 
In each of the circuits, you know, the United States federal court system is divided into circuits. New York is in the second circuit. California is no. in the ninth circuit. So each circuit, there's, there's 11 circuits, mind you. Each circuit has its own set of factors. So in the second circuit where I'm located, the total number of factors are eight. And they were uh, first articulated by a case in 1962-63 called the Polaroid, Polaroid versus Polaroid case. When you do a trademark search, you yeah. need to keep in mind all of the factors, not just yeah. one or two. Not just one or two. Most people, they pick a trademark, they, they go to the internet, Either they do the preliminary trademark search at the United States Patent and Trademark Office by themselves, and you can do that. That's a great place to start before you actually retain somebody who's going to do a full-blown analysis. You, you know, they go there, and they don't find it in the USPTO, and say, okay, now I can use it. That's incorrect. Because as I said to you right at the beginning when I started the conversation, trademarks lie both in the federal domain and in the state domain. Do you realize, Josh, that there are 50 states and therefore 50 state trademark databases that you really ought to look at before you decide to apply, to use, to acquire, and use a trademark in connection with your business? So right off the bat, we're yeah. looking at United States Patent and Trademark Office and 50 more databases, which incidentally are not accessible by the public. They're not available to search the way you are able to search the federal uh, database. Everybody assumes that if it's not registered on the USPTO, then nobody's using it. That's incorrect. They may be using it in the individual states because there are many, many small businesses that really don't That's go right. beyond the borders of the states within which they're located. I just had exactly yeah. this question, this inquiry the other day. Someone called me up. They're opening up a restaurant in New York City, and they wanted to know if they should file and you know they should file with the USPTO. And my the first question that I asked was, "Well, let me understand your goals. Let me understand your objectives." Um, who is your target consumer? Are you going to be staying local or are you going to be expanding within the state of New York? What cities are you thinking of going? At any time, do you think you're going to be going beyond the state of New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, Florida? There are many, many restaurant chains who, because they have developed a clientele in New York and because of the winter months, there are many winter birds that go down Florida. They actually also open up in Florida. If the midterm to long-term goals are to, in fact, go U.S.-wide, well, now it makes sense that you're going to um, search the USPTO as well as file for the United States Patent and Trademark Office so that we you are able to enforce your trademark nationwide. I, I kind of digressed a little bit. I want to go back to the searching. When you do the internet, you raise a very good point. There, There is a whole slew of... Um, possibilities for searching you'll see from you know do it for free which you can do it yourself by simply going to the uspto to 99 dollars to you know 499 dollars to 1500 right. uh, in my office we do it at 1500 but we guarantee a trademark by the time we complete yeah. the search and by the time the client is done and we are done with the client um, in terms of the trademark search the client will have a trademark. What that means is when a client comes to us and says, I want to do a trademark search, typically what we do is we ask for five trademarks organized in the order of priority, which one they like best, 
and which one they like least. I ask and I actually sit with the client and I walk him or her through the United States Patent and Trademark Office website and I teach them how to do their own trademarks searches on the PTO. Because if you clear it with the PTO, it makes sense now to invest the money to do a full-blown trademark search. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, if the PTO knocks it out, if the PTO knocks it out, there's no point in paying for it, right? Because it's right there staring at you. Um, and then once we do that, once we clear through the PTO, now we go into every single state in the union. We also do Canada and Europe. We do actually international states. We use a very well-known software program called Core Search, which I highly recommend if mm-hmm. you can afford it. Um, yeah. In our case, it costs us over $2,000 a month just to have that Eesh. service. But, yeah. Josh, it allows us to search over 175 databases worldwide. Now, some people out there will say, why the heck would you care what they're doing in China well, or, or Italy? Let me tell you a little story. I had a client who is in the food industry. A big part of my my business has to do with food um, and food and wine. And they came back to me and they said, oh, I want to use the word Sobrano, S as in Sam, O, B as in boy, R, A, N, O, which means sovereign. So mm-hmm. we're a multilingual office. We speak Greek, Italian, French, Romanian, Hungarian. Um, we have friends and agents who are in China who help us also to do Asian searches. The first thing we do is we look at all the variations of the marks in the English yeah. language and as well as in, the, uh, in other languages. So sobrano, which means sovereign, in Italian, it's soverano. And, you know, when it comes to food, we are big, big importers of products. Yeah. From I took one look at it and I'm like, you know, I don't feel good about this. You know, after 25 years of doing it, you kind of develop an instinct of what works and what doesn't. So um, my instructions were worldwide. Sure enough, my searcher, Angelo, he actually found an Italian registration. Italian, now mind you, Italian registration, not a U.S. registration, but one in Italy. That was for the word Soverano, S-O-V-E-R-A-N-O. The only difference between the two is a B replaced with the letters V as in Victor, E, right? Mm-hmm. So, and it was used for a very unique cheese, very similar to the Grana Padano cheese, which is in the Parmesan family. So uh, he comes back and he says, uh, we found this Italian registration. I looked at him and I said, how much you want to bet this cheese is in the United States? They're not registered. That's okay. Rights to trademarks in the U.S. come from use. Rights to trademarks come from use. That's a very powerful thing to remember. Which means that if there is a company in Italy or a company in England or a company any other place in the United States, outside the United States, and exports products into the United States or services into the United States ahead of you, they can stop you from getting your trademark. They can stop you from using the trademark because they have been using the trademark ahead of you in the United States. Yeah. Therefore, they have priority of use. Therefore, they trump you, right? Betty, so I when, said, I said go ahead. Check, it, check the newspapers. And sure enough, we found an article in the Washington Post that they had done a review on this particular Soverano cheese. And then I said, oh, if they've done reviews, they must be at the high-end delis all over the U.S. And sure enough, 
We found them, we found the cheese in a number of places, including the Bronx, by the way, at Alfred huh. Avenue, which happens to be a, an Italian enclave, a little Italy, if you would, uh, in the Bronx. So fast forward, my client did not register and decided not to use the mark they had originally come to me. Right. Um, but we worked with them to find a different one. Same thing with other marks, especially. Um, you know, we work very closely because by the time we've done three or four, remember, all of this is 1500 bucks, right? So I, yeah. I do a first one, a second one, a third one. And if all of the trademarks that the client rejects, uh, you know, the, the client gives me, uh, I reject for because I believe that they are trouble. Um, then what I do is I work with the client to develop trademarks with them because by that point i know their business i know their goals i know their objectives i know what products they're going to be selling i know who, who the consumer is going to be and sure enough we are able to come up with trademarks that they did not even imagine possible and we clear them and we fly through the trademark office because we've been doing the search as we go along it's yeah. tremendous, tremendous value. $1,500. We also offer a letter of opinion. We give a letter of opinion for that fee because the mm -hmm. letter of opinion is worth its weight in gold. If, God forbid, something happens and you do receive a cease and desist because, you know, people will sue for any reason. There's no guarantee yeah. that just because you did a good trademark search, you're not going to get sued. But if you have that letter of opinion and you bring it into court and you provide it to your insurance company, there is a good chance that your insurance company will provide you for defense coverage for the lawsuit and the court will not issue a decision for damages. You won't have to pay. The most might happen is you might have to change your name slightly. Yeah. So if anything, if I, have, I have friends that have had to make alterations to their names and it can be exactly. very expensive. Exactly. You lose a lot of exactly. capital, you know, capital that you brand capital that you've put out there. It can be a real nightmare. And Betty, we just have a couple more minutes left. Um, so what happens when someone goes to trademark, uh, trademark smarts.com? Well, um, you know, in, in, in the interest of clarity and transparency, I have to say, you know, the page just went up. Uh, but right now, um, you, if you need to reach me for additional information with regard to a trademark search or filing for a trademark or, or any other of the host of intellectual property issues that we can actually uh, help you with, uh, you can find my contact information at that point, my profile, yeah. uh, a little bit of background about who I am and how many different podcasts I've done and how many yeah, articles yeah. I've written, you know, the usual stuff. There are You're well members. loved on the internet. Yeah, <laughs> Podcasters <that's> love you. <laughs> Yeah, and and um, the um, um, you know contact information, and we're actually working on uh, putting together a small publication that will be available, which is going to basically talk about some of the issues. You know, for example, if you decide that you want to do your own trademark application, ten things to keep in mind um, mm -hmm. you know, when when you are filing a trademark application. Uh, the United States Patent and Trademark Office has a lot of materials, but sometimes because they are just such a big website, it's difficult finding all the information. So we kind of alert, based on our own experience of filing applications day in, day mm -hmm. out, we kind of alert, you know, what are some of the issues. Uh, for example, if you haven't finalized your logo and if you're still putzing around with it, do not file it until you're happy that it's final. Because if you yeah. file if you file your logo and it's not final, you will lose the application. Yeah. You cannot modify the drawing of the of the logo 
after you file. You need to be sure. Betty, when someone contacts you through trademarksmarts.com, I mean, can they can they chat with you or someone on your team for a few minutes and kind of figure out, should I do this? Go ahead. Yes, absolutely. Typically, um, I like phone calls. I know a lot of uh, a lot of uh, uh, folks are kind of moving away from that. Um, if I get a text or an email where I'm asked about something, typically I would like to get a telephone number so I can reach out by, you know, and, and speak directly to to uh, that individual. And the reason for this is, remember I said to you, there are eight-factor tests in the Second Circuit, 13-factor tests in the uh, United States Patent and Trademark Office. I need additional information. Uh, for example, what the factors include the strength of, of the mark that potentially I might yeah. be going up against, the goods in connection with which they're going to be used, the ingredients in the goods, the consumer, the pricing of the goods. Um, is this going to be a product that's going to be directed to a sophisticated consumer? Um, is the logo completed? There are so many factors that I need to gather information that without that information, I cannot possibly issue a good letter of opinion or help the client find a really, really good trademark. So typically I follow up with a phone call. That phone call is free. It lasts anywhere from 15 minutes to 30 minutes, depending on what needs to be done. And on the basis of that, we make a decision whether this is something worthwhile to meet on. I love meeting people. I I, I have become the resident historian of many of my clients that go all the way back <laughs> to 1994 because I get to know their businesses and their families and their, you know, their issues. I am there to facilitate raising, you know, developing assets and helping clients leverage them for the benefit of them, themselves, their families, their businesses, their employees. Um, Having a good intellectual property portfolio is so, so valuable. We can sit here and talk about this for days on end. Uh, We could. We're out of time. Betty Two for Yellow, thank you so much for joining us. Again, trademarksmarts.com. Betty, I'm just telling you, person to person, friend to friend, if you're listening to this podcast, Betty is good people. Um, Betty has been very, very helpful. Thank you so much for all your time. And again, just go to trademarksmarts.com. Betty, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. And I look forward to uh, working with you guys again soon. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now, if you've got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. Now, if you do that, tag us with the hashtag upmyinfluence each month. We scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform, and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. Now, what do you win? Well, we're going to promote you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans totally free. Now, can you also hook us up? Now, in your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. 
And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 minutes a day. Now, my name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Now, thanks for listening, and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement.